0: Welcome to Make Money Count, the podcast by Connect. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write us a review on your favorite podcast platform. There's a lot of questions
1: that everyone's got on their mind about the economy and their mortgage right now. So hopefully today we're going to be able to get some of them answered. And, um, you know, I guess we'll we'll just start right off the bat because I know you and I know that you're always a variable rate kind of guy. So tell me what you think these days.
2: So I am still a variable rate kind of guy, but the Bank of Canada meets tomorrow, and I think that if not in tomorrow's meeting, in the next meeting, we're going to start seeing talk of inflation. And I think that once inflation starts creeping into our economy, it, it will be more difficult to manage so it it's bond yields right now are at 47 basis points so a five-year fixed rate is priced off of bond yields those are trading at sub 0.5 percent i i mean it's hard to predict these things but i have a hard time seeing a future six 12 18 months from today, that will ever have a 50 basis point, sub 50 basis point bond yield again. Right. Which is to say, it's unlikely fixed rates will go lower than they are right now, today. Right. So, for the average consumer who is looking for a way to protect themselves against inflation, um, I would say it's a it's a good time to start. Like I have a hard time saying emphatically go very go fixed. I have, a, I have no problem saying go variable, but uh, I, I think part of that is because we know how punitive the penalties on some of these fixed rate mortgages can be. Mm-hmm. So I uh, and seventy five percent of all mortgages are broken before maturity. Mm-hmm. But on a <clears throat> on a holistic uh, financial and economic basis for the for the average consumer that we speak to on a daily basis, it is time to start weighing a fixed rate mortgage because, you know, we've got right now, we've got a sub 1.4% fixed rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, if I was a betting man, <laughs> and I probably am a little bit of a, a betting bit. man, yeah. uh, I would bet that we're not going to see a five-year fixed rate that low, ever again in your lifetime. Okay, I'm going to live significantly longer than you. But. <laughs> yeah, so I think honestly, I think now is the time to really start considering it. I wouldn't go crazy and look at a ten-year fixed rate right now. Uh, I-, I was looking at them today; those seem a little high. They're kind of like just shy of three percent, higher than two and a half. The Bank of Canada. Speaks tomorrow. They've already told us that they're not going to change interest rates. So they're not going to change the overnight rate, which is 0.25%. Unless they drop it. There's some talk that we could see uh, what's called a micro cut. Mm -hmm. You're probably familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's some talk that we could see a micro cut. Should I
1: try that again? (laughs) No, but that's got to go on the website. All right. That's got to...
2: That's funny. That is funny. That's what people love. Go on. Okay. So there's some... There's some chat. There's some chatter that we could see a micro cut. And if... I don't, there's not a chance. In my mind, there's not a chance. Like they're pricing in a 10, 0.1% drop in the overnight rate, which would take us to 15 basis points. If that happens, it's only happening because the governor of the Bank of Canada is worried about the Canadian dollar. Canadian dollar is a lot stronger right now. Right. So it's a great time to travel. Great time to travel. Unfortunately, <laughs> No one's traveling. Yeah. But the Canadian dollar is like pretty close to 80 cents right now, right? Um, Against the US. So, that is the only, the only breaks we currently have on inflation. If you think about it, if the Canadian dollar is really, really strong, it makes it more difficult for Canada to sell its goods and services to other countries. Mm -hmm. So the amount of uh, our ability to compete to sell our goods and services is diminished. Therefore, perhaps it impacts our GDP. An impact to our GDP slows down the rate of our economic growth, which then slows down the rate of inflation. Right. But my argument for this inflation is not necessarily entirely predicated upon the Economic growth, it's predicated upon this rapid appreciation in asset prices, right? Like we printed so much money, all this money drives into the economy. Interest rates stay super, super low. The money eventually has to find its way to assets. Right. And when more money is competing for assets, what happens to the price of those assets? Here, up, up, up. It goes up. They go up. Supply versus demand, right? right? You got like lots of demand for assets. And the supply <laughs> of those assets is fixed. What happens to the price of those assets? They go, they go up. up. Yeah, there you go. Money's cheap.
1: A lot of people have equity in their homes right now. Um, so what kind of strategies would you suggest for someone who has equity in their home that that's, you know, sitting on, you know, at, at 30, 40, 50%, you know, loan to value or equity in their property?
2: So I, I, I write this in the newsletter that we're sending out. I think that if you wanted to behave the way most countries are behaving right now, mm-hmm. you max out your ability to borrow at these extremely low prices of debt. And you use that capital to find ways to more efficiently, more effectively earn income. Mm-hmm. And in in a similar way to the way that a country would operate, as you increase the your capacity and your your ability to generate income and and productivity, the cost associated with servicing the debt that you've taken on becomes less and less relevant. Right. So I was reading a stat that. Uh, The servicing cost of our debt today, and it's you know wildly inflated. We got a lot of debt as a country, Mm -hmm. but its servicing cost is still uh, only—it's less than twenty percent of what it was in the mid '90s when we when we had another crisis. Right. So, which is to say that. Um, and and currently, it's obviously on a lot of people's minds. Like Canada's taken on a lot of debt. How are we going to service that debt? But the way you, the way you reduce the impact of the debt, is by increasing your productivity. So if you increase your productivity, and if your country is generating more money, generating more income, GDP is how they measure that gross domestic product, mm-hmm. then the servicing requirements of your debt become less and less impactful as your economy grows. It's like the ebb and flow of running this massive economy. I think that the the problem becomes if, for instance, like let's say there's a third COVID wave or another strain or uh, some other negative impact to the economy and at some point the central government or the, the governments of each country or the central banks in, in, in concert with, with, with those governments somehow decide to scale back the fiscal and monetary stimulus. I mean, I don't think you're going to see a central bank scale back stimulus. I do think it's possible that a government could pump the brakes. And if that happened... It would leave the economy in a really tenuous place, and then like everything we're talking about, inflation is off the table. Like, (laughs) it take a variable rate, so there's still risks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying that as my viewpoint right now, today, from what I can see, we got another couple months of garbage ahead of us, and and then it's gonna be like um, like the roaring twenties. Yeah, asset prices are gonna increase. If you uh, if you had a restaurant or a small business that's been impacted. Don't don't lose faith. Open it up again because people are going to be um, are going to be really anxious to spend their money. They got pent up savings. A mm-hmm. lot of people have have a lot of savings pent up, and a lot of demand uh, ready to be kind of leased, leashed onto the uh, onto the market. Um, so, what do you think the economy recovery
1: is going to look like in the next few years?
2: I think we're going to see. An increase in asset prices. I think we're going to see interest rates increase to combat that. Um, listen, when we, when we kind of when we went into this COVID economic event, mm-hmm. uh, our economy is doing awesome. Yeah, right? yeah. Like Canada had the lowest unemployment rate in forty years. So that strength that we went into this crisis with it helps us with our resiliency and also will will affect the way we exit this. There's going to be long-term repercussions. There's going to be, you know, everyone, the economists, everything I've been reading is everyone talks about scarring. There's going to be problems, right? Like mm-hmm. people are going to go bankrupt. Uh, people have been impacted really, really negatively by this. But on the other side of this exists a Canadian economy that will have a lot of pent-up demand. It will have a lot of stimulus injected into it. I think we're going to see a lot of infrastructure spending, uh, and I think that all of those things combined will generate a a much stronger Canadian economy, obviously, than we see today. Right. So I, I'm I'm bullish on on where I see things. Um, even twelve months from today, like I think, twelve months from today, we'll see um, a pretty a pretty thriving uh, Canadian economy. So, tell me,
1: do you see value? I know we kind of touched on this on a prior question, but do you see value in
2: locking in for more than five years? Yeah, I, I do. If um, if you can get a sub two percent rate, and you are Absolutely positive you aren't gonna break that mortgage. Like you are for sure staying in that property. Um I do see I think that you've I think whoever is speaking to us, whoever's watching this, it's a we should be doing this on a case by case basis. So are yeah. there multiple properties? Is their salary fixed? Is it variable? How much of the mortgage payment? Uh how much of the mortgage payment. Um, is a percentage of their income. Like there's a few things that I would look to, but all things being equal, I have never before been um, as strong an advocate for a fixed rate. Right. Just from what I see is inflation. And if you can get a sub 2% tenure, I think it's got to be really difficult for you to say no to that right right now.
1: Uh, so there's talks of a micro cut to interest rates. What is a micro cut? And is this just a new term or phrase and has been done before?
2: Never been done before. Okay. But never been done in Canada. It's been done in other countries. Um, it's just, listen, Our the overnight rate for the Bank of Canada is currently at 0.25%.
1: There's not much further to go.
2: And I don't, I don't think, there's no way Canada is going to go into negative rates with what looks like an exit from this crisis pretty soon happening. I think it just sends the wrong message. I mean, it would send the right message for the dollar. The dollar would weaken. It would kind of further stimulate GDP, remove any of the brakes that might get pumped on our inflation concerns that we're talking about. So how about this? If there's a micro cut, then... uh, Or sorry, uh, if there's a a cut, a 25 basis point cut to take us to 0% overnight rate, Get your fixed rate mortgage. Right. But that being said, no, I do not think we're going to see a cut. Canada's never used one of these micro cuts before. So 10 basis point drops unlikely. Um, And it's like, there's other things you got to consider. Like it's a brand new governor of the Bank of Canada now. Right. It used to be Stephen Polo's. Now Mm -hmm. it's this guy, Tiff Macklem. I don't think uh, he wants to have like his second meeting as the guy that, you know, throws in the micro cut. Right.
1: Our producer Matt has a question. I think, but Matt's a really smart guy. So, Matt, can you chime in on this? You got a, you got a question for us?
0: Okay. So, in inflation isn't just the excess printing of a currency, but it's also the speed in which that currency is flowing through the economy. We haven't seen inflation hit us yet uh, because the economy has slowed. But once the economy opens up and money begins to flow again, inflation will come back to bite us years down the road. Uh, Historically, people have invested in gold to combat inflation. Uh, Is gold a good method of storing value? Is gold just a way to get out of fiat while currency is being devalued? Uh, uh, Do you see cryptocurrency uh, playing a role in this anti-inflation game?
2: I mean, Matt's question, to be fair, is about 100 questions in one. <laughs> so let's try to dissect it one, off, one by one. And next, going forward, let's do these podcasts where I get the questions in advance. <laughs> right, I'm just kidding. Okay, so um, let's talk about gold. So gold um, has many... Um, Variables that affect its price on a given day. I think that based on the overall macroeconomic climate, some factors or variables will affect it more or less in a given trading day. And currently, the run-up that we're seeing in the price of gold speaks to a... A way of protecting um, against inflation and against a devaluing currency, to speak to your point. I think that we will continue to see the price of gold appreciate. It's a great store of wealth, but I'm always reminded there's like this Warren Buffett quote where he said, I don't buy gold because if... Martians were looking at us from another planet and they looked down on us, they wouldn't understand why this one commodity was so precious. And I don't know why. I like. I think it's because I like Martians and I like Warren Buffett Mm -hmm. and I like gold. So it was like, you know, it's always stuck with me. But that being said, gold isn't, um, it's not going to make you, for the most part, unless you're Eric Sprott, gold's not going to make you. Super rich if you're an average investor, right? In order to get a real big hit out of gold, you got to buy like a triple leverage gold ETF and really see some type of pop and really play the market properly. I think there's probably easier ways to make money, but as a natural hedge against what's going on in the economy and to protect yourself against inflation, not a bad idea. Bitcoin offers another option. To again, to, to protect against this rapid, as you said, pfft, money printing, um, because it's finite, right? Like the number of biddies that are out there aren't going to increase. That's how many there are. I don't know how many you probably know how many there are. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. So, there's 21 million of them. Uh, I think that the problem with Bitcoin, and we saw it over the last couple of weeks. I, I, so full, like. I own gold, I own Bitcoin. Um, the problem with Bitcoin and Ethereum and and any of these cryptos is that you can see if 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 a government or a central bank comes out and says something negative about it, you can get killed like that was like i think i forget which central bank came out and said something about the security or the efficacy of the of bitcoin and it really affected it even though in the weeks running up to that statement paypal announced it was buying reserves elon musk tweeted he wanted to buy a bunch like it was having a, a really kind of a, a really good momentum week and i think it will continue to see great momentum i think it's a great asset the more I hear and the more I learn about Bitcoin, it's even more than just like a, a hedge against inflation or a, 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 you know a, a way to de-risk from central bank currency printing. It's a great way to transfer money from one place to another.
0: So, in the US, actually, the OCC just approved the use of stable coins for banking transactions. Uh, so, a stable coin is a digital currency that's pegged to a national currency. Uh, so, one to one value, uh, allowing uh, banks to use the technology but without the volatility.
2: Yeah, honestly, like if I've tried to transfer money before, like from one country to another. And I just remember one time transferring money to Greece where like for some reason I converted it from Canadian dollars to euros here in Canada. And then when it arrived in Greece, the Greek bank did me this wonderful favor of converting it from euros back to Canadian dollars and then from Canadian dollars back to euros again. And by the time it was done, I lost 15 cents of every dollar that I had transferred there. And if I was dealing with bitcoins, I could have just said here's a Bitcoin, and it would have cost me nothing, nothing. So um, that's another reason why I like Bitcoin. But it's it's off of where we were going with this. What I wanted to say was that gold is great, Bitcoin is great. These are great hedges. They're rather complex. They have other factors affecting them. You want to know a really simple way to hedge yourself against inflation? Take a fixed-rate mortgage. Just switch from a variable to a fixed, and you're hedged against inflation. You took your largest asset, and you hedged it. And you won't have to worry about interest rate risk. And if we do experience inflation, which it really looks like we're going to, mm-hmm. you will sit back and say, man, I'm smart. And uh, my rate's going to stay the same for 5, 7, 10 years. And um, I'm going to save a whole bunch of money because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's cheap and it's effective. I think I got most of your question there, Matt. The rest of it, if you want to just put it down in a 750-page question article and... Uh